Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 337 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... To infinity and beyond! Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Good to have you back on for another week. I was trying to get Bex on this week, but she's snowed under with work again and, and mm-hmm. Gray's busy. So it's Matt again this week, which is no bad thing. So what have you been up to since last week? First of all, I really like my intro. It automatically makes me smile. So <laughs> uh, yeah, that will happen at the start of every Geek Town episode that I'm on, which good. is good. None of you can see me smiling, but that's beside the point. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of things I watched recently that I wanted to talk about. Continued with Severance. I got caught up on this week episode yesterday which ended with a really really big cliffhanger although the week before did as well so they're really starting to amp things up i think this one was episode eight and there's ten i think so they're starting to get to that point of the season where questions are starting to be answered with some good payoffs and stuff which makes for some like really strange and really kind of just interesting uh scenes and there was a particular thing that happened to a character and you're sitting there trying to work out like okay if that's happened to them that means that but what does that mean for yeah (laughs) get into it because it's obviously big big spoiler stuff but it was to do with the actual severance thing because the show's kind of giving you these hints and you're like right but how does like that work and so Mm -hmm. it was was quite cool so um, that's been really really good I did try to watch that We Crashed but I didn't get around to doing that that's about some uh, rich company that failed or something yes it's uh, about WeWork and the failure of WeWork which is a a thing that sort of rents out office space Um, Severance Mm -hmm. I I have watched the first episode of Severance and I really enjoyed it and I just haven't got around to getting back in to it yet i've been trying to clear some other things off i do really want to go back to it and given it's coming up to the finale i might try and get back to that this week yeah that's been really good uh Kavorta probably i think it is two more episodes to go some seasons can be nine episodes but this is probably 10 mm-hmm. recently started because uh, i remember i played the video game for this before which was really good actually a lot better than i would have thought it would be and this is dc superhero girls it's got a tv show i think it's got a film as well and it's also got a video game obviously the game is adapted from the show basically this takes all of the well the, the female characters from dc so you've got all your main ones wonder woman batgirl supergirl harley quinn poison ivy a bunch of the other ones i think jessica whatever her name is the green lantern yes. character got her as well it does have lex luther in the story he's kind of one of the only male characters although uh pal jordan pops up now and again right for certain different things but yeah basically this follows teenage versions of these characters so they've still got kind of the core of the characters in there 
but they're sort of just teenage versions, which is interesting because when you look at some of the origins of these characters, it doesn't quite work that way in their origin. It also goes for something very kind of fun and family friendly and all that sort of thing. It's a very kind of like, I suppose you could say fluffy sort of fun show, it, yeah. even, more so, even more so than what a kind of Supergirl or a Flash can be. But it's quite a lot of surprising amount of fun and just seeing different iterations of these characters. What I found at the moment, there's a, a first season on Netflix, which is 52 episodes, but the episodes are about 15 minutes. Some of them are like 10 minutes. Yeah. So they're quite quick to, to go through. I've watched about six of them so far. It's just these kind of fun adventures with these versions of the character, which is interesting because as soon as I kind of started the show, I was like, okay, I'm clearly not the target audience, but it still really works for me watching it and, and stuff, I yeah. guess. Um, yeah. That doesn't mean I'm not supposed to watch the show. It's just, it's clearly aiming at a very, very young audience to try to get them into this genre, which is which is kind of fun. Um, but I played the game a while ago. The game's only available on Switch and it basically takes the same thing, but you can control these characters and obviously fight as them and everything. This is a surprisingly good game. Game. Have you found any of this at all? I know some of it was floating I, around on now. Before. Yeah, I um, haven't actually watched any of it, but I have heard good things about it. It does seem to have a broader appeal than maybe it looks like it should on the surface. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's good. I know because somebody was asking about it, and I I looked it up about when it was coming back onto Netflix. I think I remember somebody asking a question about it. So uh, it's mm-hmm. um it's good that they've managed to kind of work it so it's got a wider appeal than you you know the, the sort of obviously tween audience that he's possibly originally aimed at yeah it's just funny to see some of the, the characters the way that they are and everything so mm-hmm. it was cool the other thing I've returned to recently because I had to skip a couple of seasons of this show and I'll explain why in a minute uh, it's called Archer yes that's also available on Netflix I think that's an FX or FXX show they switched yeah. it around a couple of times and it's essentially a um, James Bond spoof which at times yeah. takes itself seriously but for for the most part, even Archer as a character is kind of loose and tries not to get himself killed <laughs> yeah. and that kind of thing. It's a very, very fun show. There's about, I think there's 12 seasons now. I'm on season 11 and uh, it's been going for for a while. These are like 20 minute episodes. There's about 10 or 15 per season. Seasons kind of differ. That's one that's a lot of fun and quite sort of short. So what happened with the season? This is getting into a bit of a spoiler thing, but this was a spoiler from like a while ago. So in around, I think it was season seven or eight, Archer died. And when I say died, using air quotes, right? Yeah. He, he died. Because the way that he died in the situation, you're like, okay, how did he survive that? But he ended up surviving it. Because at the time, Archer was rumored to have, I think, two more seasons or something and then finish. So the creators and stuff were being asked, like, okay, if you've killed Archer, because it was very, the, the creators and everything were very vague as to, like, okay, is Archer actually dead? And they were like, oh, maybe, and we'll see, you know, <laughs> what we can do, which is kind of the smart way to play it. You don't want to yeah. be like, yes, he is dead, or no, he's not dead. Because otherwise it takes out the sort of tension. Because even in the scene itself, when he died, it was very kind of vague. Yeah. And it was also like a robot clone version of Archer, which is kind of funny. Yeah. So then what happened was Archer was in a coma for two or three seasons, I think. Think. Mm-hmm. And I realized what they were doing, which is they were just kind of doing these random episodes, which were still good and still fun, but none of it really kind of counted. So I, I ended up, I watched a full season of one of those, and then 
they did it again and I thought I'm going to kind of wait until Archer just comes out of the coma if he does. So I left the show alone for a couple of years and then I read just somewhere about like, oh, season premiere, Archer's out of his coma. And then what I did was watch like the last episode from the previous season to see when he wakes up and what happens in that scene. And then the next season, which is the one that I'm on, season 11, is him actually out of his coma, awake, and then continuing with mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm not quite sure why they took so long to do that and everything. And the show's gone about two or three seasons past where they thought it was going to end, which yeah. is interesting as well. So very kind of strange, interesting, fun situation. But the show's as good as it was before. It did have one of the voice actors pass away in a previous... The, the guy that voiced Woodhouse, which is basically... Archer's like butler sort of family character like his his Alfred sort of thing yeah and they did a couple of episodes in this season where they tried to like get a new one and replace him and one of them betrayed him and stuff so it was kind of fun but that was kind of sad that that happened as well but no it's a good show I'm, I'm glad I'm back with it it's not something I feel I need to be up to date with I can kind of just stick an episode on when yeah. I I, I feel like it uh, but have you seen any of this at all I haven't again it's another one that I hear a lot of good things around and I, I've, I've caught bits of the story of like you know them putting Archer in a cobra and I know that wasn't right. hugely popular and people were quite glad when they came back it has been renewed for a 13th season as well there are 12 seasons already they've lost yeah. a couple of actors actually they lost uh, Jessica Walter as well last year he voiced Mallory Archer in it it's Archer's mother and she's the former head of the ISIS whatever that is so yeah there's a bit of like a spoof thing going on there they lost her last year I know but um, I mean it's been around since like 2009 that show so it's been around a long time I hear a lot of very good things about it but it's not one that I've actually got to myself unfortunately a lot of really good characters Uh, they're a lot of fun and everything Um, and Archer's a cool character so yeah anyway that's roughly what I've been up to David how about yourself well I finished Expedition Rome, which I've been playing through. It's a sort of RPG thing, so there are multiple endings to that game. I got an ending I was satisfied with, so rather than go back and like try out the other endings, I kind of left it there. Definitely worth going to pick up that game. I really, really enjoyed it. I think that's the third Expeditions game they've actually done. I went back and looked. They did one called Expeditions Viking, but it was a few years ago. It doesn't look quite as nice as Expeditions Rome. But as you may be able to tell from my voice, I'm a bit under the weather at the moment i've got covid right now well i haven't tested myself today but so i don't know whether i I, it's actually gone but i picked up covid at some point over the last sort of week so i was supposed to be at wales comic con this weekend and obviously of course wasn't because i'm not going to go to wales comic con and uh, spread covid around so Mm -hmm. uh, i was really gutted about because they had some great guests on as they always do at wales comic con they had some brilliant people there Uh, there was david tennant catherine tate they got andy circus was there sean Pertwee and eventually Lily and there was a whole, whole bunch of people. It's an amazing lineup at Wales Comic Con as it is every year and uh, I, I was really gutted I couldn't make it this time but I was looking for something a little bit more sort of cerebral to play through because I wasn't feeling great and discovered Unpacking which I think Robert had actually mentioned on one I of the times he had. he, he'd yeah. been on. It is a very zen puzzle game essentially. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a 3D puzzle game but essentially what you're doing is it's kind of pixel art and you're presented with a room with a pile of boxes like somebody's bedroom or office and you unpack the boxes and like lay out the room so it's sort of part kind of decoration but it's also you trying to fit everything into places and make it look nice so it's sort of decorating and it's it's also puzzle game and it's really chill 
And if you're looking for something that's like not too much effort and just something to keep your brain calm, really, really wonderful. And the only issue with it is if it's what, about 15 quid and it isn't very long. I'm told it's about three or four hours in total. So, I mean, just be aware of that if you're buying it. But um, mm-hmm. still really, really fun, zen, surprisingly addictive little game. Uh, it's called Unpacking, and you can find it on Steam. I don't know if it's on any other platforms, but I, I really enjoyed just, just mm-hmm. sitting and chilling with that. It was really good. It sounds like that game that was on Stadia that came to Switch, unless I'm thinking of a different game, but it sounds similar. Okay. So, might be. Yeah, just no sort of frantic, no time limit, nothing like that. It's literally you pulling stuff out of boxes and putting them on shelves or putting them away, which really doesn't sound like it should work for a game. It's surprisingly addictive, Mm. though, as a sort of really chill zen experience. So, Mm. yeah, that's unpacking. I'm really enjoying that. Sometimes if a game feels good in a way to play like that, things like that can be quite good to do. Yeah, it's it's a good way of sort of just distracting yourself i think he's mm-hmm. he's good in terms of tv piggy blinders finale of course last night I, I don't want to go into any huge amount of detail about that because there will be people that haven't seen it yet so i don't want to spoil it for anybody interesting how they left it because given where the plot line was going for most of this season i did kind of wonder because they'd always talked about doing this season and then a film afterwards so i'd kind of wondered how they were going to approach a film given where the storyline was going this season for those of you that have watched the rest of the season will know what I mean by that that was a really interesting way to end six seasons of Peaky Blinders and whether mm-hmm. a film comes along or not we don't know I mean that was always the plan so we'll see but um, it's been a great show throughout though and that I think it, it was a good solid finale episode couple of new shows this week one of them being Hacks which I've been quite looking forward to because it's won a whole bunch of awards that show and I really like the look of it because of who was involved it's Gene Smart in the lead role and it's about this aging Vegas comedian who's sort of a a legendary stand-up comic but is also struggling to maintain her relevance the boss of the casino where she's playing at this Vegas run is threatening to cut the amount of dates down because he wants to bring in this sort of acapella boy band to bring in a younger audience so she's struggling to maintain that and there is this young comedy writer who's got cancelled because of a tweet they both have the same agent and the agent really forces the writer onto the comic to sort of try and get them to work together because one needs rescuing and the other one needs the work so they end up sort of in this dysfunctional relationship Um, it's really well put together it's very very funny it's Gene Smart as the older comedian Hannah Enbinder as the comedy writer are the two sort of main people involved in it they're really good they're very funny they kind of bounce off each other well Gene Smart you'll know from things like Watchmen and a whole bunch of other things Mm -hmm. she's just great in this as that sort of acerbic older comedian just very very well put together really enjoyable it's all on Prime Video right now if you want to go and watch it definitely one I would highly recommend that it's worth Mm -hmm. going to look up they're only sort of half hour episodes as well so it's not very long remember Martha and Logan from 24 she was uh, Martha, yes. wasn't she? 
Yeah, she yeah. was masterful. That, that was a legendary couple mm-hmm. <laughs> that in the end wanted to kill each other. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. No, Jude, um, Jude's yeah, she's amazing. brilliant. She yeah. is brilliant, yes. So that's all on Prime Video if you want to go and catch the first season of that now. The other thing, of course, was Moon Knight, which dropped this week. Have you caught this yet? I did, and then I shoved my thoughts on it into a chat podcast episode with a bunch of other things. Oh, yes, it's that's a chat right, podcast, yeah. But yeah, uh, no, I really, really enjoyed it. And what I think is really interesting, I mean, I did a whole episode this week just gone talking about MCU's fourth phase, which obviously includes Moon Knight, and just talked about like what I'm really enjoying at the moment and this includes Moon Knight is just the different types of characters we're getting because yeah. we've, th- we've got three examples is we've gotten characters like Eternal, Shang-Chi and Moon Knight who are just very different to anything we've had before and I know we've had groups like Guardians which has got like a talking tree and a raccoon and all that kind of stuff but this in terms of like the, the psychological stuff and the mm. memory shifting type thing that's going on well not really yeah. memory shifting but you know what I mean that sort of element and that coupled together with what we've what else we've had in Phase 4 I just really like that because for a long time I was you know hearing a lot of people sort of say like oh we're just getting more Avengers films and the MCU is just the same thing and it's sort of yeah. okay but now we've got these characters and the Avengers were great to go through and everything and we, we really love those characters but you know when you go what 10 plus years and you've got 28 films or whatever it is you do eventually need to do you know lean into different characters and uh, Moon Knight's a very interesting one because I'm usually not really a fan of the sort of like fantasy and reality shift where you can't tell what's real or not Yeah, because um, obviously a lot of horror films and TV shows sort of do that and those are my least favourite horror films but putting something I don't really like into something I do really like which is the MCU I thought was a really great combination and the way that that's played out because yeah. um, uh, Stephen himself doesn't have like any idea what's going on and you're trying to figure it out as well so uh, I thought it was uh, yeah, really good I think that's what's been the genius about how they did this with the opening episode because they're introducing you to a new character and mm-hmm. you know the whole thing about Moon Knight is the fact that he has this uh, associative identity disorder so mm-hmm. there are multiple personalities going on within this one person and you're introduced to Oscar Isaacs as Stephen Grant who is this mild mannered British gift shop employee to museum and you're seeing everything through his eyes so you've got these wonderful sequences where he knows that there is something going on and he knows that he kind of disappears and walks so he's strapping himself to his bed at night to you know and kind of double bolting his door and putting tape over it to check whether he's been out and all that sort of thing so he's obviously aware that he wanders at night but clearly this is sort of getting worse for him but you're seeing everything from his point of view not from the bits where he goes so there is bits where he's like driving along in the truck and there's this car chase and you're having him fall out of his Steve personality rather than show you what happens when it switches you join it again when the Stephen personality comes back and there's sort of blood on his face and he's holding a gun and you you know I like the way they stuck that together I thought yeah. that was a really clever way of introducing the sort of confusion of that character really amazingly interesting and like you say very different to anything else we've had in the MCU so far I thought it was a really solid well put together opening episode I'm very very interested to see where that goes because I don't know how many episodes are in this I don't know whether it's six or eight I think it 
I think it's six. That's why I heard. Yeah, I, I, I might be wrong. I, I suspect it's probably six. They usually mm-hmm. are these. But yeah, I really, really like that opening episode. Yes, it's six episodes, I've just noticed. But um, yeah, I really like that opening episode. I think it's very, very interesting. And it's a darker character as well for the MCU which I think is something that they sort of need. And, mm. uh, you know, that was, I mean, some of, the, some of the things that happened off screen in that open episode were particularly quite brutal. You just don't see them, which also helps as well, because obviously, you know, the, the rating thing in there. I thought that was really, really good. And Ethan Hawke, of course, playing the bad guy in this as well, which is a nice name to have in there. So very, very good. Um, oh, I didn't realise that. The voice that you're hearing in his head is um, F. Murray Abraham, who's a wonderful wonderful actor a uh, mythic quest he plays the old doddery writer in mythic quest and that's the person doing the voice of the person that's sort of talking to Stephen in his head as well uh-huh. uh, yeah. which i hadn't realized so i mean he's been in a bunch of films and last action hero amadeus and uh, homeland he was in as well so wonderful wonderful actor but he's the voice in Stephen's head <laughs> cool yeah he's a good actor one episode down I'm really looking forward to the rest of that well, I'm very excited to see where that goes because I think it's a really interesting different addition to the MCU that I just can't wait for the next section of like going from this to Doctor Strange and then like something a bit more in the tone of maybe Stargirl with Miss Marvel after you know doing the whole multiverse of madness thing and everything so mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to all of it yeah definitely so that's all the stuff we've been doing this week we'll move on to some TV and film news. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So we kick off the TV and film news with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. There are, well, both really ending more than cancellations, actually. One is Chesapeake Shores, which is a Hallmark Channel show, runs on Netflix internationally. That's going to end on its sixth season they've said and top boy has been renewed for one more final season which is either season three or season five depending on how you're counting it it's the third netflix season but it's the fifth season overall so mm-hmm. uh, that will be its final season they've uh, and both of those well i'm not sure with chesapeake shores but certainly with top boy that seems to be more of a story decision than a, any form of cancellation as such on the renewal side we had uh, quite a bunch from the networks the rookie has been renewed for a fifth season and the good Doctor has been renewed for a sixth season, those both by ABC, which is no great shock that both of those have got renewed, particularly with The Rookie as they're working on a spin-off from that as a sort of the oldest FBI recruit, I think is what they're, they're doing for that, which is going to be airing as a backdoor pilot. And there's that, and The Good Doctor is still getting solid ratings, so wasn't overly shocked that both of those got picked up for new seasons. NCIS, NCIS LA and NCIS Hawaii have all been renewed by CBS for their new seasons. I think that ties NCIS for third place with Gunsmoke as the longest running scripted drama on US TV. They're still, I think the LA laws are still beating it at the moment. They've got first and second place. But uh, yeah, so that's good. Uh, 
Sky still doesn't have a UK broadcaster. LA is airing on Sky Max and NCIS starts I think, this week on um, Disney+. Plus. So we are getting most of those over here. I hope somebody picks up Hawaii because that would seem like a natural fit for Sky, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yep. In pickups and other news, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, they announced surprisingly this week, they've actually moved it back by a couple of days. I'm not given a reason for this, but they moved it from the Wednesday premiere date to Friday. So it's going to be Friday the 27th of May for that now. But to make up for the fact that it's now going to be a couple of days later than they originally said, they're dropping the first two episodes together. And then the subsequent episodes will be dropping on Wednesdays. So it means there's a shorter gap between episode two and three as well. So you're getting like the first three episodes within Mm. a few days of each other, which is basically half the series. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, that's, I mean, you know, I I, I don't know what the reason is for them moving it, but um, the interesting thing is it does put it directly up against Stranger Things, which is also out on that Friday. So I don't know why they made that decision, but they did. So there you go. It's a holiday weekend in a lot of places, I think. So there's a lot of people that are going to be kind of watching both, I would think anyway. But yeah, Obi-Wan going out on Friday, the 27th of May, and that's going to be the first two episodes and then following episodes on the Wednesday. Very much looking forward to that dropping. There's a new pickup on the 11th of April. That's Monday. That's The Neighbourhood, which has been picked up by E4 and in random E4 scheduling style. Monday, the 11th of April, going out at 3pm with a two episodes daily, so 3 and 3.30. And uh, it's a comedy. Does Cedric the Entertainer and uh, Matt Greenfield. Matt Greenfield, you'll know from, he was in Ugly Betty and in New Girl as well. Mm. Uh, and it's it, Max plays the nicest guy in the Midwest who moves his family to a tough neighbourhood in LA. So he's sort of the fish out of water who's like nice and lovely to everybody and very neighbourly. And he's surrounded by people in this neighbourhood that are like, who the hell is this guy? And Cedric the Entertainer is one of those neighbours. Uh, it's got Beth Beers in it as well, who you'll know from Two Broke Girls. So if you like those sort of sitcoms it's one of those kind of standard network us sitcoms but uh it's mm-hmm. been doing fairly well i think it's on four or five seasons in the us already but uh, season one of that landing on e4 airing daily from 3 p.m from monday the 11th of april i've been missing that kind of friends big bang type of show i really do like those and i've watched most of them most of the ones i'm aware of anyway the only one i haven't really watched is maybe seinfeld that i could try oh, out yes I, I think that's on all four so maybe I, could, I should look at that one which i know is a bit older than the other ones but yeah definitely worth working your way through um, you've yeah there's a uh, max greenfield is really good in uh in new girl so yeah i'll be taking a bit of a look at this yes that'll be good there is a new show coming to imdb tv which is called almost paradise that is coming to imdb tv in the uk on friday the 15th of april it stars christian kane who is from librarians i think he was in was it buffy or angel he was one of those but librarians and leverage is probably the thing that he's known for and the show is from dean devlin who has done leverage and librarians and those sort of dramas so you'll know him from that i think he was involved in stargate sg1 as well i seem to remember stars kane as alex walker who is a former us dea agent who after his partner's betrayal and life-threatening battle with hypertension is forced to take early retirement and relocates to a small tropical island in the philippines once the dea's most resourceful undercover operative walker now runs the gift shop at the island luxury resort hotel well he manages to transition from top dea agent to Laybrack islander the luxury resort has attracted the rich and powerful and sometimes criminal elite from around the world 
after an honor collision course with Alex, despite his best efforts to begin a tranquil new life, he's pulled back into a world of dangerous people and deadly situations, either through his friends at the local police station or running into people from his old life. The problem is that he likes it. So it sounds like it could be a sort of Hawaii Five-O-esque kind of fun, that sort of action dramery sort of thing. But it sounds like it could be quite fun, that. But it's called Almost Paradise. It's on IMDb TV, which, remember, is free it's the streaming service which you can get on Amazon. So you've got to sign up for an Amazon account, but you don't have to be an Amazon Prime customer. You can just go up and mm-hmm. sign on there and go and watch IMDb TV for free on there. A couple of other new air dates. We've also got uh, Doctor Who Legend of the Sea Devils, which is the penultimate outing for Jodie as the Doctor. That is premiering Easter Sunday, which is the 17th of April on BBC One and iPlayer. We haven't got a time for that yet, but it'll be seven o'clock-ish, I think. Um, that is my birthday. Y- yes, and that is your birthday <laughs> as well. We're we actually entering yeah, the period. Easter where Sunday. It's, yes, yeah. it's, it's all the co-host birthdays over the next sort of three weeks. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we knew it was coming over Easter so we knew it was likely going to be Easter Sunday so no, no mm-hmm. great surprise that's landing but yes that's uh, Doctor Who Legends of the Sea Devils that's coming Easter Sunday I never saw those um, other six episodes you know the ones that went out over like Christmas oh, or whatever uh, the Flux yes Flux the Flux one, episode yes yeah. how many of those were there were there six I think there were six yes I'll have to try and catch those because I do want to see out Jodie Comer's don't mean Jodie Comer you mean Jodie Whittaker that's what I mean yes Jodie Whittaker <laughs> uh, Jodie Comer would make a decent Doctor yes, but uh, yeah, uh, Jodie Whittaker's time because I did like her. I mean, the writing may not have always quite been there, but I really liked her as a doctor. So yeah, yeah. she was good. It'd be interesting to see who they pick next. But and I wish she'd had some better writing because she was great in the role. It's just the writing mm-hmm. let her down. At, in Maybe places. you can pick Jodie Comer. <laughs> you could. Um, <sighs> over on Prime Video, they've announced a launch date for ten percent, which is the twenty eighth of April. This is the British remake of the French show Call My Agent. This is a British version of it. It's from the guy that wrote things like W1A. So that gives you the idea of the kind of humour that they're going for in it. And obviously, whereas the French series is set in a celebrity talent agency in Paris, this has moved everything to the UK. They've got a bunch of guest stars showing up. It looks like it's going to be really fun and really funny. There is a trailer up on the website for that, but that's 10% and that's arriving on the 28th of April on Prime Video. And we also have a premiere date for House of the Dragon, which of course is the Game of Thrones prequel. That is coming Monday the 22nd of August. It'll air 2am. They're simulcasting it as usual with the US. That's going to be on Sky Atlantic and now, and then it'll get repeat airing in the evening as well. But it will be going out day and time mm-hmm. with the US. So we're 22nd yeah. of August at 2am in the morning. Yeah, been doing that for a while, haven't they, for some of the HBO shows. Yeah, for some um, of the big HBO shows yeah yeah game of thrones is coming back well this show at least is anyway as i've said before i'm looking forward to getting back into this world and it won't be too long to wait yeah be interesting to see how it's received and uh, the cast list for this show is huge mind you it's interesting they're launching this a couple of weeks before the launch of the lord of the Rings series yeah, yeah. um so there is going to be a point where the pair of them kind of go head to head which is going to be interesting but we'll see mm-hmm. but you know two different worlds and two quite beloved worlds so we'll we'll see how it goes yeah that house of the dragon that 20 22nd of August at 2am that is landing 
On to some other bits and pieces of news. The Umbrella Academy put out a tweet this week introducing Elliot Page as Victor Hargreaves in the third season, which is coming up relatively soon. Obviously, as many of you will know, because we've talked about it before, Elliot Page, who plays Vanya on the series, came out as transgender and non-binary in December 2020. The show at that point had already been renewed for a third season. So this did sort of beg the question, what what was going to happen with the character of Vanya? Because she was very clearly there at the end of the cliffhanger finale of the second season. So we did wonder how they were going to handle this and whether Elliot was just going to carry on playing Vanius or whether they were going to incorporate the um, transition somewhere into the show. It's still not entirely clear what they're doing other than Elliot tweeted this photo out. All it said on it was meet Victor Hargreaves. So a lot of the reports are saying, oh, Vanya's transitioning. But then you're also dealing with a show that has a lot of messing around with timelines, which have altered histories. You've got superheroes in it. You've got multiple versions of characters. It is entirely possible that Vanya is still there or Vanya gets killed off and Victor comes in to replace her or it could be that they have actually transitioned the character we don't know all we know is that Elliot is playing a character called Victor on the show so I'm glad they found some way to introduce it if you're wondering where we left things the entire gang had basically come back from solving one doomsday hoping that they were back in the right timeline only to land in what they thought was the right timeline and be presented by this group called the Sparrow Academy, which was a sort of alternate and slightly cooler version of them by the looks Mm -hmm. of things. So I'm really interested to see where they go with that. I love the show. It's really well put together. So um, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good to see that they've kind of um, done this and everything. We've asked the question for a long, because it's been what, two years since the show's been on? Because I don't remember it airing a season last year, because otherwise it probably would have been on my list and I don't remember doing that. You know, the way that Elliot came out and just sort of posted the photo on Instagram I thought was cool and the way that he's been supported it's been great um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do that because we'd seen a couple of photos before of that very end scene yeah but it was Elliot's I'll just say previous look uh, appearance obviously it's, the, it's the, probably the photo of that same filmed scene so um, I mean what I think because we don't know what the show will do yet because obviously as you said it's got timey-wimey stuff because they've time travelled and all sorts of things so there's lots of possibilities I think what makes sense for them to do and what they might do is if you kind of just start the season with Victor instead of obviously Vanya and then the character has transitioned but they deal with it in kind of an interesting way well, it, 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 it depends how much time and screen time they're going to give to mentioning the character transitioning if that is what's happened yeah that does depend whether they have transitioned Vanya into Victor or whether they're using some other sort of comic booky trope like the fact that the timelines have changed to do it. Right. So we'll, yeah. we'll have to kind of wait and see to see exactly how they've done that. I mean, I'm sure they've consulted with Elliot on what they do yeah, and how like, they yeah. handle it because he's there. That's a very so, important thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and they've, I mean, they've even got to the point of they went back and re-edited all the credits and stuff. So, I mean, I'm sure they all have handled very carefully and in consultation with Elliot. So we'll mm-hmm. see what actually comes out of this. But like I say, you know, we don't know that it's actually a transition for the character of Vanya or 
not, Vanyan may still be in there at the moment mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. we'll, it's going to be interesting to see how Victor gets introduced. Because even if they just start season three, episode one, and Victor is just there and they don't feel the need to like go into specifics on it, and everyone just addresses Victor as Victor, and then that's that, I still think that'll be fine. Uh, I mean, there might be some audience members that maybe aren't quite so well, aware I, of what's happened and they might be like, okay, what maybe what's going on? Yeah, I um, think it would need explaining at some point, Yeah, you know, because unless there's some sort of time jump, because if you're picking up exactly where we left off, Vanya was in that final scene and we don't know. I mean, there may be a time jump in between, but we'll have to see mm-hmm. because yeah. Vanya was a character on that show. So I, I don't yeah. know. We'll have to see how they handle it. But the important part is, you know, everything looks... Looks like it's going well. I've seen a lot of support towards Elliot, both from fans like us of the, yeah. of the show and everything, and fans of Elliot, both from the cast crew and the, the show itself, like on Twitter and stuff. I've seen a lot of cheering on for the character and for Elliot. And yeah. at the end of the day, as long as the people involved are happy with what's going on and Elliot is happy with the results of what's been decided, then that's ultimately what matters. Yeah. So yeah. I'm wishing Elliot well, and uh, I look forward to seeing him in this new season. Yeah, absolutely. So, which isn't too far away. It's like June something, isn't it? Uh, so. Yeah, June. June 22nd for the new season. So June's yeah. a busy month this year. It's it is. strange. It isn't usually. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. Moving on to another show coming to Amazon, they have added a new cast member to their Fallout series, which uh, this Fallout series, based obviously on the video games, comes from Kilter Films, who is, is, is the company owned by Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, who of course made Westworld. I'm sure many of you know the Fallout world. It's a sort of post apocalyptic alt history world where there was sort of this nuclear apocalypse. In the 40s, they sort of embraced this sort of nuclear world. And things sort of move forward and there ended up being a nuclear war in 2077. So you're in the future, but it's a slight different sort of background alt history. But a bunch of people survived by hiding out in bunkers. And then in the video games, what you're mainly playing is somebody who emerges from one of those bunkers for the first time to explore life in the outside world. We don't know exactly what tack they're taking with the TV series, but I mean, presumably the vaults are going to have something to do with it. They've announced a new cast member. It's somebody called Ella Pernell. She's been in a few different things. She's British. She was in Yellow Jackets, the Showtime series. She was also in Belgravia, the ITV miniseries. She was in Bittersweet as well, which was a star series. She also provides the voices for the character of Gwyn in Star Trek Prodigy and Jinx in Arcane as well. We don't know exactly who they're playing, but she's believed to be the lead character who's called Jean, a young woman with a can-do attitude who may be hiding a dangerous secret. The only other casting we've had for the show is Walton Goggins, who people all know from things like Justified, who is said to be playing a ghoul, ghouls being one of the mutated humans who survived outside the bunkers, but have got kind of very melty faces and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm really interested to see what they're doing in this, because I think the Fallout world's a fascinating world, and Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are a really interesting pair of people to be involved behind it. So mm. um, presumably this character's probably a bulk dweller, I imagine. I thought so, if they would have made character yeah me and robert were talking about this last night on the gaming tool podcast obviously it relates to fallout so mm-hmm. she played the daughter in army of the dead which is the Zack snyder ah. um zombie film which we debated as to how good that film is because i liked it and he didn't so <laughs> um but there you go because sometimes he doesn't quite like the sort of long Zack snyder films with some slow motion and stuff but i i like that sort of stuff yeah she was really good in that film that's kind of one of the things i definitely recognize her from i mean i've seen the first two episodes of 
of Arcane, which was a pretty good show. But yeah, it looks like this is coming together quite nicely. I've got two very good cast members so far. And I was also saying to Robert as well, it seems like everybody's trying to get their own masked, suited <laughs> kind of hero character yeah. because you've got the Mandalorian on obviously Disney and then you've got uh, the Halo series over on Paramount and now you've got this Fallout thing over on, um, was it Amazon? Yeah. So yeah, I wonder who will try and kind of do their masked hero character yeah. next. Well, I mean, although, technically Disney's got two of them because they've got um, both as well. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at least with Fallout, yeah, there is a sort of iconic, the power armor iconic right, helmet, helmet thing. thing but, yeah. but they don't, start, you tend to be in and out of those things quite a lot. So it's not sort of mm. permanently masked in this particular case. But yes, I know the sort of thing you mean. It's an interesting addition. I mean, really intrigued to see that. That, that should be quite good. Sticking with sort of post-apocalyptic worlds, Snowpiercer, which is beginning production on its fourth season, has added a couple of new cast members, one of which will be very familiar with uh, most people. They've added Clark Gregg and Michael Aronoff are the two new cast members that are joining the full season. That had its uh, season three finale this week, which ended really, really well. Um, Not so much on a cliffhanger as such, but definitely setting things up for something slightly different on season four. Snowpiercer. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. definitely setting things up for something slightly different on season four. Snowpiercer, of course, if you haven't seen it, it's all on Netflix. Basically, the idea is the original setup for it is there is a train which holds the remnants of humanity, which keeps them alive by driving around the world because of the fact that the temperature of the world has dropped to a level where it's not survivable outside. So uh, everything's covered in snow and it's freezing cold. And there is this train that perpetually moves around the globe as a way of keeping everybody kind of safe and warm. That's the uh, setup for it. And there is a sort of class struggle going on in the train and we're now three seasons Hmm. in so obviously that has changed and advanced as you've gone through it fourth season begins production in Vancouver this week Clark Gregg has joined of course best known as Agent Coulson from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I mean I I think that's probably what most people will know him from Aronoff is been in a whole bunch of different things Um, the Americans Madam Secretary Billions the Blacklist he he played there was sort of a, a shady kind of couple that people might know from the Blacklist to uh, kind of a comedy sidekick that Red used to use on and off. He's also in the upcoming Showtime anthology series, The First Lady as well. So, I mean, he's been in a whole bunch of things. So he's one of those faces that you'll probably recognise. There is a change behind the camera as well. Paul Zabinski, I think his name is, who worked on Lost and on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is taking over as showrunner in the fourth season as well. I think this is the second time they've changed the showrunner because the original showrunner is Josh Freeman and then there was a guy called Graham Mason who's done the last couple of seasons as well so going to be some changes going on in there but the showrunner change isn't because of anything negative I think it's just people are moving on Mm, sometimes that just happens yeah I I don't think it's even creative differences I think it's just a case of they've got other projects and they need to move Mm -hmm. on to something and you know I I think that's all it's been in this particular case it's just somebody else is stepping in because Graham wants to go off and do something so um, Mm -hmm. both Michael and Clark great great actors I'm glad Clark's doing something that's sort of outside the MCU it's nice yeah, to see yeah. him in, in something a bit different it's got some good cast on uh, Snowpiercer as well it's it's been a really great show have you watched any of that I haven't it does sound very interesting I know 
Gray watches it. I think Robert does. Yeah. I can't remember if Robert said he has, but I know you and Gray have talked about it before. I think Bex has said that she watched it. Yes, Bex does um, watch it, yeah. So maybe I'm the only Geek Town host that, that doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You um, really should. Watch it? Yeah, I think so. I'm not entirely sure, but yes, it's definitely one you should get I'm, into. I'm, I'm uh, the odd one out. <laughs> yeah. Very, very good cast and really interesting story. It's very well put together. But yeah, I, will, uh, I think I've seen like a trailer and it looked kind of interesting. It's just obviously finding the time with all the other yeah. shows and whatnot. But yeah, there's a few seasons obviously waiting there for me. Um, yeah, it's good to see Clark Gregg in something else. He's been doing the Coulson role since 2012. Was it Avengers? <laughs> yeah, something like that. He was in? If, if not before then, yeah. Might have been in one of the Iron Man films or, or something, but obviously he had a big event in the uh, Avengers film. But no, it sounds interesting. Clark Gregg is, is, is pretty good. I know that um, Sean Bean is in the show, isn't he? Yes, Sean Bean is in the show and has survived for, oh, longer, than, for, for longer than you <laughs> might initially expect. Got Steve Ogg in it as well. Oh, right, from uh, Grand Theft Auto and Walking Dead. Yes. Yeah. So, good he basically of plays Trevor twice. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, I'll have to uh, check it out at some point. And when I do, I'll probably talk about it on here. Yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely one worth going to look at. That's all the news we've got for this week. Just some time for the highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. We have Raised by Wolves returning for its second season, which I'm very much looking forward to. So, uh, that's on Sky Atlantic, the 6th of April at 9pm. I'm looking forward to that coming back, the first season of that. It was really good, but it's such a long time ago that you kind of, like, where was I? What what happened at the end of that? So, yes, I, I might mm. have to go and look a recap video up for Raised by yeah. Wolves. But, uh, yeah. I don't remember like all the details of season one, but I do remember how it ended. Yeah. Which was kind of strange, but it's kind of a strange show. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, uh, yeah, that's Raised by Wolves Season 2, Sky Atlantic, 6th of April at 9pm. NCIS Season 19 finally lands on Disney+, Plus. that's on the 6th of April, so that is returning on Disney+. Plus. Annoyingly, they're dropping it out weekly, despite the fact that most of it, if not all of it, has now gone out in the US, but that's how they're doing it, so there you go. Okay. Uh, a League of Their Own Road Trip edition. This is called Dingle to Dover. That's uh, the League of Their Own guys on a road trip. And that's on Sky Max on the 7th of April at 9pm. Gentleman Jack returns after a very long break. I think it was like 2019, the first season of that. But uh, Gentleman huh. Jack is back. That is on BBC One. That's on the 10th of April at 9pm. The Neighbourhood, as we mentioned earlier, that's coming on E4 at the 11th of April at 3pm. Hard Cell, which we talked about a few weeks ago, which is the Catherine Tate series, which she writes, directs, and stars in multiple rows. It's set in a woman's prison. That's starting on Netflix on the 12th of April. Mm. I like prison shows. I really like Prison Break, Wentworth, and Orange's New Black. But yeah, it's not that. It's going to be full blown comedy. A, I'm not a fan of like Catherine Tate. So yeah, there you um, go. Yes. Yeah, I don't think that one's going to be for me. <laughs> yeah. Julia is coming onto Sky Atlantic. That's on the 12th of April. That stars Sarah. Lancaster and David Hyde Pierce in a drama inspired by Julia Child's extraordinary life and her long-running television show The French Chef. I think that's a HBO series which obviously comes on Sky Atlantic so there's that. And Derry Girls, the long-awaited return for the third and final season of that. That's on the 12th of April at 9.15 on Channel 4. That's all the stuff coming for the next week as well as all the stuff that's already out like, you know, new episodes of uh, Moon Knight and stuff. So it's going to be a good mm -hmm. week for T 
TV. If people want to find more about you, where can they find you? You can find my podcast over on entertainmenttalk.org. The TV, video games, films, and May Night podcast may not have returned at the weekend. We're basically just waiting for the season to finish now because we need a new squad, basically, and a new manager because we still don't have a proper manager. But we'll see how all that goes. Done some, obviously, reviews recently. We're still doing the Walking Dead podcast. We're still doing Gaming Talk Weekly. We talked about the big change to PlayStation Plus, which has got me very excited. Talked about that yesterday. If you want to hear me do a very glowing review of something, I reviewed the third season of Servant recently, which I've mentioned watching that a few times on here, but that finished and uh, very, very good show that's putting it lightly but i really enjoyed that um reviewed a bunch of films a film called deep water as well which has got uh, anna diamas and ben affleck in it talked about that that's on amazon prime if you want to watch that in the uk and yeah a bunch of other discussion podcasts and things like that as i said i did a big chat podcast episode and i also did a podcast on the mcu's fourth phase so you can check that stuff out uh, you can follow me on twitch if you'd like to etalk uk and you can find those streams archived later with a bunch of game clips and stuff on my youtube channel which is called uh, entertainment talk plays so you can find all those things there yep so go and check that out over on entertainmenttalk.org for other people involved in the show you can go and find Bex on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S you can go and watch her streams which are sort of pretty much daily over there there's a schedule up if you go and check that link out and uh, if you want to see her in real actual life she's going to be in a, at Insomnia the gaming festival in Birmingham in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. so you can go and see her actually up on stage I think she's doing the show that she does with Jason Bradbury. They're doing that live. She's also comparing, I think, on one of the other stages. So you'll be able to see lots of her if you want to go to the Insomniac Gaming Festival in Birmingham, which is later on in April. So go and check that out. For Daryl, you can go to hollywoodnorthnews.net for all the series that you love, which are shot in Canada. Go and check out him over there. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye goodbye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.